Yo, 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 yo! Well, welcome to episode number 99 of the Basketball Card Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by PWCC. PWCC this week has the premier auction happening. It ends next Thursday. Um, that would be Thursday the 22nd, I believe. Um, amazing lineup of awesome basketball cards. A few items that particularly have me interested to see how they do. The uh, 1998 Gem Masters, Tim Duncan. 1997 PMG Red, Michael Jordan in a PSA altered case. Currently only sitting at 60. I say only because 60 grand is still a lot, but it's a lot less than what it sold for in the past. Um, still a long time to go. I'll still have a week. But uh, 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 Kobe Bryant PSA 10 Refractor Rookie Card. All sorts of good stuff ending this Thursday on the PWCC Premier Auction. And before that, we have the weekly auction. So lots of good stuff going on at P, uh, PWCC. I want to start out this episode by acknowledging I am tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Last night, um, I ran my last regular season game of the basketball tournament that we're doing in my uh, local area. I'm in charge of um, s- several different things in my stake Stake is a word that probably a lot of you don't know. Stake is a group of congregations or group of wards uh, in the church that I go to. And um, we play basketball um, in our wards. And so not not every ward has a, a team and not everybody likes to play, but um, it's a really fun way to get together and uh, to do something that's different. And so um, I love putting it on. It's obviously a ton of fun, but man, this 40 year old is not feeling super spry this morning. On a good note, I did play pretty well last night. Uh, We lost, but I played well. um, And our team has struggled this year. And so I felt good that we at least kept the game close to the very end and lost in the final minute. But um, guys, there's not very many things in this world that are better than a good game of basketball. And you don't even have to be a great basketball player to feel that way. I'm like, it's just fun to get together with the boys, be able to play, have fun, have that camaraderie is the best. But I am tired. I am so tired. So, but there's a lot of things going on. And so um, part of that is what I want to talk about this episode, which I'm going to call why you should always talk to cards to talk about cards to everyone. Again, why you should always talk about cards to everyone. Um, double, double superlatives there. And um, I want to tell you a story. Um, that's what today's episode will be about, is generally a story and um, and what it means. So um, I've kind of, I think I've hinted this at this a couple times. I don't think I've talked about it at all here. Uh, maybe I did a little bit, but I don't think I've hardly talked about it at all. Um, maybe three months ago, four months ago, gosh, maybe it's even been longer ago than that, my wife and talked to her boss about going on a double date um they they also they live in our area i should say they i mean her boss and her her boss's wife live in this area as well and they thought it would be really cool for us two as couples to go out and to kind of get to know each other a little bit better so we went out we had dinner went to a thai restaurant and um, which is cool because you can imagine with four kids, it's hard to always get out and go on dates. So I was proud of us. We got out and we went on a date and uh, Angie and I did. And we had a blast uh, with this couple, which um, the couple's name are Rick and Emily. So Rick, like 
early on in the conversation, he was like, so Adam, I hear you've got like this sort of interesting, like obsession with sports cards. I don't know how he asked it exactly, but I started talking to him about what I do and like what my life and cards has been like over the course of, you know, basically my whole time collecting. And he said, I gotta, I gotta show you something that's just going to blow your mind. And I was like, okay. And he's like, it's going to take like probably a half an hour. Just trust me. I was like, all right. And so this was this was a date that we're on, right? Just like Angie and I on our date talking to to her boss and her boss's wife about cards. And we hop in the car together. I think we were in their car, if I remember right. And we drove from my house, which is in which is like I don't know, maybe 20, 15 minutes away from downtown Salt Lake, to the out outskirts of downtown Salt Lake where he, his family has um, a family business. And it's like a professional sort of setting business. And uh, his, he has like some cousins and uncles that have, that have worked at this place for a long time. Uh, maybe even his dad works there. I don't know exactly. But, but he, was, he, was like, he was like, I know this is going to seem weird. Just trust me on this. And so we walk into this business and we walk into this like down these stairs into this basement. And this basement is like, like super unfinished. It's like it's been sort of, like the main the main area that we walk into is like is is a finished area, but it's not. It doesn't look like you would expect a basement in a business to to, to look. It's like a really old building, and and then what looks even older is off to the sides of it. There's like these rooms that have sort of almost been like carved out, right? There's like a place where the foundation's been carved out, and there's like a whole other room. Um, and there's, it just is a big giant area that's being really poorly used in terms of space. Cause it's like hundreds of square feet. That's not really being used for anything. And I'm like, dude, this is weird. Where are we going? What are we doing? And so he walks, he walks us all the four of us over to this, like over to this room. And in this room, he turns on the light and you, you've all seen this scene before. There's like boxes and boxes 5,000 count boxes, 3,200 count boxes of, of sports cards. And he's like, Adam, I don't know what to tell you. My uncle bought all this stuff years ago. And he's had health problems since then. And, and it's literally, this stuff has just been sitting here for years. And of course, when you, when you have that, moment as a as a collector and I'm sure some of you have had this moment too I'm not the only one when you have this moment um it is a staggering sort of tantalizing exciting moment because you don't know whether that's garbage or if there's something in this collection that is like you know maybe this is where the Steph superfractor is <laughs> I, I mentioned that because my son Aaron said this to me yesterday He's like, Adam, or he's like, Dad, what, 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 what's in, like, can you imagine if there's, like, the Steph Superfractor in that collection? Um, there's, I'm sure the Steph Superfractor is not in the collection, because I don't think this guy collected to that point. I, um, let me tell you what I know about it, and, uh, and, and, then, and then we'll get in, in the next section, we'll get into what, what could be possible. So, I, standing there with the three of them, looking at this crazy collection, like, crazy size of a collection, and this is what I was able to take note of in my two minutes in this, in this little, you know, in this little carved out 
more than a closet, less than a room uh, space with all these 5,000 and 3,200 count boxes of cards. Tons of tons of white boxes. Um, one box I could see over to the top right of the room was a box that had some sort of sealed strange wax. And when I say strange, I mean it was, it was like a... They used to have these like things that you could buy at like Targets and Walmart, not Targets, but like big box stores where where you were getting. They, they weren't like made by the the companies. They were like repacks, but I don't know if it's a repack of packs or repack of like singles. Like I don't know if it's 1997 Metal Universe or if it's like just singles of 1990 Pro Set. I'm not sure. I have no idea. But um, I saw that box. I saw. Um, there was a single page of like from a binder that had like seven cards in it. And one of the seven cards that had in it was a Kenyon Martin 2000 ultimate collection, um, promo card. For those of you who've been collecting a long time, you might remember that upper deck had like these promo cards that they would send you before a set would come out. And, and there was a, there was a Kenyon Martin promo from that so it says it's out of 750 it's not really out of 750 they probably made thousands of them and sent them around i remember Kenyon martin was the you know was the the rare um promo from that set i remember like moving several of those back in the day they used to be worth 20 bucks or something i'm sure they're worth basically worthless now um and then the other thing was i saw a box that had like stockton and malone really base like 91 hoops 92 hoops type cards and so you know that's that's what i saw and what i was told is oh he bought a card shop and then i found out no he didn't buy a card shop he was a collector but i don't know if he's the sort of collector that just would buy like a bunch of bulk stuff and put it to the side i don't you know i don't really know but what i do know is you know what i was able to see and i was able to talk to him since then it's been it's been a long time since he's been an active collector it's been at least 10 or 15 years maybe maybe longer You've probably heard about Alt, but have you registered for their auction yet? Twice a month, Alt features its Liquid Auctions event, which caters to collectors of all kinds. The platform is super easy to use, connects to your bank in minutes, and provides a super fun bidding experience. What are you waiting for? Register on Alt XYZ today. So, Given everything that I know about this guy and about what I was able to see about the collection, it's really like a, a staggering um, possibility. But like I hinted at last segment, there's there's a good chance it's like not worth anything. Um, in my time working at House of Cards in Salt Lake, one of the things that I learned is that there's just really different types of collection, collectors out there. There's some people who just want to collect a lot of stuff. Um, and there are people who just want to, collect like very few things and always be moving their cards so that they have like the highest dollar or best type cards and then there's like everybody in between so there's people who collect a few cards and then there's people who collect millions of cards this guy is clearly a millions of cards sort of guy but that doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have nice stuff did he open cards and just keep whatever he opened if he did then the sky's the limit on a collection like this. Like, there's all sorts of dreams going on in my mind, right? What if he has a five thousand? These are the sort of dreams I've had. What are the what you know? What if he has a five thousand count box 
that has Metal Universe singles from several cases, and he just left all of the greens and reds. <laughs> um, what if he opened a box of 2009 tops before he stopped collecting, just before he stopped collecting in this case, um, and the Steph superfractors in there, right? Like there's all these sort of dream exciting things that could possibly be on a collection like this. But what's more likely, I think, is that he was a bulk collector and that there's maybe even some sets or some, you know, some large, you know, groups of cards that have some of the big cards left from big base sets. In it. And that's really exciting too because some of that stuff has really changed in value over the years. Now, maybe it's not worth what it was a couple of years ago, but what if he has a big stack of 1997 Metal Universe and there's five Jordans in there? Right? Like that sort of thing is totally possible in a given box. Could he have collected through the LeBron years and or through the LeBron rookie years and had like some of those base tops rookies that used to be worth be, be virtually you know worthless? Any of those sorts of things are on the table because you know, because he didn't because I don't know what you know what he did. Um and and, and so when you when you're ever in a situation like this with collections, um you know, the, the question that I think is worth asking is, has this collection been picked over or how recently? Because even if a collection was picked over like 10 years ago, which I don't believe this, this has ever been picked over at any point, is it possible that somebody would have left, you know, Kobe top tops rookies or um, LeBron tops rookies or Steph tops rookies or something like that? Is it possible that something like that would get left behind? Absolutely, because for all those cards, at one point, they were $10 type cards or less. Um, you, when, you, when you pick through a collection, you're not, you're not picking out everything necessarily that has like, even like, some, some real value. You, you, might, you might say to yourself, you know, I'm going to pull out the stuff that is, that's $5 and over. You might say to yourself, I'm going to pull out stuff that's a dollar or over. Or you might even say, like, I'm going to pull out stuff that's only $100 and over. And I'm going to leave it for, for later for, you know, if I ever want to go through this again. Um, that's, uh, you know, that's, those are all sort of like real possibilities. Um, and, and I don't, I have no idea what will, be, what will be in the collection. I don't know what I'm, I don't know like how excited I ought to be, but I'm obviously like tremendous, tremendously excited about what is possible because what is possible here is anything from no, no value to million dollars, millions of dollars in value. The millions of dollars is probably unlikely. The zero is probably unlikely. The zero is probably more likely than the millions of dollars. Um, but what's in the middle is, is what's really exciting. Do you grade your cards? Grading can preserve, protect, and beautify your cards. Well, maybe not all grading companies beautify the cards they grade, but CGC sure does. CGC slabs are so much nicer than the other big three and I send all of my PC cards to them for slabbing. Not only do they make the cards look amazing, but they are ultra durable. I used to think that a slab could only be super clear or super strong, but then CGC showed up. Check them out at cgccards.com today. So part of the reason that I wanted to do this episode, like I said, it's, it's a reminder that talking about cards to anyone can be beneficial to you. My sense is that this story is not one that's unusual. 
there's a lot of people out there that have just these stores, these collections that could have anything in them. And especially people who have opened cards for a long time. Um, or who, who opened for cards for a long time or collected for a long time and haven't looked at their collections forever. You just never know on some of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, for for me, it, it almost it almost feels like starting a business where all you do is look through old collections could be an interesting business because of how the market has changed over the course of the last five years. And there are people who have these older collections, these collections they just haven't gone through, and there's there's definitely ways to make money on them. Um, I've learned a lot from past experiences. This isn't my first this isn't my first experience like this. Um, I had a, a friend um, who who I talked to about card collecting. Gosh, it's been amazingly. It's been I think 18 years ago now. And his name's Adam too. And Adam was like the nicest guy. In fact, Adam is who helped my wife and I meet each other. Um, uh, Adam told me he had a really cool collection back 18 years ago, 19 years ago, and he actually brought a couple of Jordan rookies to show me. And I was like, okay, so yeah, you definitely do have some some nice stuff. But then a few years ago, he... Well, there's a long story there. There were three Jordan Fleer rookies. There was the Jordan XRC, the 84 star. Yes, I still refer to cards by what they were referred to in Beckett for all those years. So there's the rookie and there's the XRC. I'll always call them those things. Um, and... Um, he had a really nice 1980 Topps um, Magic Birder and actually graded a PSA 9. That was really cool to get that card graded. And I did all this work for Adam and for his family, and I learned a lot of things from that experience and have, have again, had enough of these other types of experiences that I thought it might be interesting to share some of those things that I've learned there as a reminder to me now, but also as a reminder to you just in case you ever have an experience like this. Some of you have probably had dozens of these and way more than me. But um, So here are some of the things that I wrote down quickly this morning as I was preparing for this episode. So one thing that you want to do in these situations is you want to make it clear from the very beginning what they're selling and what they're not selling. So for this collection that I'm going through, anything that I'm going to sell that's over $100, bucks, i am going to show them. Right? Any individual card that sells for over $100, I'm going to show them before selling it. Anything that fits several different criteria. They were big collectors of jazz stuff. They were big collectors of um, this family, maybe this guy, of Denver, Bron- or D- Denver Broncos stuff. They have friends that are like big Kobe Bryant or big uh, Michael Jordan fans, and so they want to keep some of the cheaper Michael Jordan cards that are found. Um, there are some things that they want to keep, and I don't mind pulling those out at the beginning and just setting them aside. The point of this um, exercise is to go into the down, go into the basement, and extract the value from the collection that I can, so that then they can have somebody else come and take the rest of the cards to like a um, some sort of donation shop, some sort of charity shop. Um, there's a chance that we'll do grab bags or something like that, you know, some sort of like massive grab bags where like, hey, you want a part of this collection? You know, pay fifty dollars and we'll send you a full, a full like USPS flat rate box of stuff. I don't know something like that, but it's really hard to know exactly how to move all of the other stuff without 
you know, people coming into the business, a lot of people or people through like classifieds and stuff. And I don't know if they're going to want to do that, that sort of thing. So the first, the first thing is to go in and find the value that I can and pull it all out. Um, but what I learned on that other collection that I was just referring to from a few years ago, my buddy Adam, um, that stuff's all still applicable here. Finding out what they want to sell and what they don't, what they want to get rid of and what they don't from the very beginning is so important because you don't want to go down the path of like starting to help somebody sell something and then they're like, well, actually I need this or I need that. And so I've tried to be really clear with them on that so far. The other thing that I learned from that other collection is that you've got to be willing to compensate yourself fairly, even for friends. And so that collection, there's so much back and forth. There's so many things I had to do. It was grading cards for them and, um, you know, sending things into consignment shops, selling things directly, um, putting together lots and selling things. It ended up being a lot of time and a lot of effort. And the very small percentage that I put on that one, um, I think at that point I told, told them I would just do it for 1% or 2%. That was not smart. You've got to make, you've got to give yourself some amount of money that is actually beneficial to you. Because at some point you're like, why am I spending hours and hours and hours helping somebody and I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, it's always good to help people. Maybe, you know, we're all at different stages. Maybe for somebody else, that learning experience would be enough. But life is busy, right? I got a lot of stuff going on and between family and work and everything else that I've got going on. There's just a lot of stuff. So doing something like this can't be, you know, without financial benefit. For me, it's kind of cool because it's not just the financial benefit anymore. It's also like the value of the content that I'm you know, producing. So hopefully there will be some really cool content that comes out of this collection. I'd like to think that some number of cool Instagram reels will be pr produced. It'll depend on how it goes there uh, over the course of the, the next, you know, however long it takes me to go through the whole collection. But I'm also gonna take my son this time and you know, we're gonna do that together, which is, which is really fun. The other thing that I learned that is worth talking about here is the services that are provided, some of whom are, um, you know, are sponsors to the show and are people who sponsor the reels that I do and um, Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine, those, those services are incredibly valuable to somebody who's in my spot right here because there are services that can help you get your cards graded. There are services that can help you sell your cards. There are services that can help you sell your cards if they're $5 cards or $2 cards or million dollar cards. And being able to depend on those services to help you is really valuable. One thing that I've noticed is that the selling lots is not a great, there's not, there's not as great of a service for that that I am aware of. I've heard about our friend, I've heard our friend Mike Summer talk about the um, sports lots um, company and he's talked about how, how helpful that has been. I need to know more about that because I don't even know, for example, if with sports lots, you're sending them, you're sending a lot to a group like you would, you know, a vault, like a PWCC, or if you're sending it um, to, if you're just like listing a whole lot and then selling the whole lot. Lots are tough for me because they're not, they're just, you know, there's not an individual way to, you know, to, to sell them quickly. And so I, my guess is that sports lots is like where you have to sell the cards, you know, basically directly or using, using, using sports lots. And then you're sending the, the big bulk stuff out. 
I don't really know though. So if anybody can help me on that, or send me sort of like something that's easily digestible to know whether that's of use, that would be really good. Um, but other than you know, other than than the the bulk stuff, um, I don't that like I don't think I'll have a problem figuring out how to sell the easier things, right? And that comes from using those services that are provided. And there's lots of different wonderful services in our in our um, hobby that help you do that. That are some are better for some reasons and some are better for, for other reasons. I've used basically everybody before. I've used all sorts of I've used I think at least three eBay consigners, and I've used. I don't even know how many auction houses and um, from both buying and for selling. And those experiences are very valuable because what you're able to do is like scale your business. So hopefully there's somebody listening to this going, gosh, this is pretty cool what Adam's doing. I could do that for dozens of people. I could figure out a way to, to help them move their collections and I could charge a percentage that's big enough that this could make it worth my while. And that's the goal, right? That's the goal. If you can have fun with cards and provide a way to actually, you know, make some money on it so that it's worth your time. That's the best thing. That's the best thing going. If you can have fun and make money at the same time, <laughs> then you're really crushing it. And so, like I always tell you guys, like I have, I have made it a point to never buy cards that don't that that don't make sense. I just double negative you, negative you there. Sorry, never buy cards that don't make sense with both your brain and your heart. And it's the same thing with working. I don't ever want to do work that doesn't make sense with both my brain and my heart. Meaning I have to both enjoy it and I have to like think it, it it's it's like it's well so I have to enjoy it and make money in this case. <laughs> but it's the same thing with, with cards where I don't ever want to buy something and then go, I don't really like this. Well, what if you, Adam? What if you can buy something for ten dollars and then go sell it for a hundred dollars in six months and you didn't like it? I just don't care about that. That doesn't do me any good. The pandemic, unfortunately, I'll go on a little spiel here real quick. The pandemic taught people that you could just flip anything to make money in the world of cards, and I'm very anti this idea. Don't just go flip anything and then maybe get lucky, like. The pandemic taught people that they that they were geniuses when they were just really lucky. That's my that's my belief. People thought I'm a genius because I bought this or I held this or blah blah blah. No, you got lucky. You got lucky. You got lucky that the market changed. You didn't do anything right. Other than that you bought something before the entire market changed. Did you know it was gonna change that like in that direction? I don't think so. Did you learn how to flip along the way or flip and grade or one of the one of the things that you know millions of people did in the hobby. Good for you. That's great. That was a once in a lifetime experience. I will update you guys as the collection goes along. Like I said, I'm excited to make content on it and uh, to let you know if there's any major finds, obviously unlikely, but you never know. And that's what makes it fun. If it's not fun, then it's not worth your time, guys. All right. Until next time. Happy collecting.
Thanks for listening to the Basketball Card Podcast. Reminder to subscribe to Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine at bcfmag.com. Remember to use discount code BASKETBALL10 for 10% off any item in the store. That's bcfmag.com.